and welcome to the Mindful Shape Podcast. I'm Paula Parker and I am a weight and life coach. So little life update on my part. My sister, my younger sister had a baby. She had a little baby girl. So we are super excited. Um, she had her on my grandma's birthday, which is kind of cool. Um, and so she lives in Calgary. She doesn't live in the same city as me, but, um, just thinking about her, just, you know, excited about all the little COVID babies that are being born. Um, so yeah, so that's a little update. Cause I think I might've mentioned it in my last podcast that her due date was coming up. So all went well there. And then also another thing that I just wanted to mention, totally unrelated, <laughs> is that I'm getting a lot of questions about my cocoa recipe. And so I just thought I would just mention it because it's something that my clients really love and they find it really helpful when they're having a long time in between their meals. And my clients typically find that they can have this cocoa in between their first meal and their second meal if they're just having two meals a day, and it just helps curb that hunger a little bit, and they're successful in weight loss. So I thought I would mention it because you might want to give it a try. Um, so essentially, it's super, super simple. It's just raw cocoa powder, like the kind of um, cocoa powder you use for baking. And I like the Dutch processed one. I think it just tastes better. And the brand that I get is called Camino. So it's an organic brand. It's not the cheapest thing in the world, honestly. I think I paid like $7 for a little container, but it is so, so worth it. So it's very satisfying. I just have that with hot water, like just maybe a tablespoon um, and hot water and cream, heavy cream. Uh, if you're in Canada, half and half. But if you're in the States, it's heavy cream because you don't want to have any sugar in that. And then as much cream as you like. And that is really nice to have, as I say, in between meals or at the end of your meal. I started doing it to curb my sugar cravings and now it's just become a habit um, and it's just something I really like and it's super satisfying. So just wanted to throw that out there. That might be something that you incorporate into your protocol. All right, so let's talk about daily habits or daily success habits, I should say, for weight loss. So I'm really excited about this episode because this one is kind of next level. So <laughs> I hope you're ready. I'm not going to be talking about the really obvious weight loss habits that you're already familiar with. So I know you already know to drink lots of water, eat more vegetables, reduce, or, you know, cut out the Twizzlers and chips and ice cream after dinner. But what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to spend time on today are the habits that I consider to be the foundational habits for success in releasing weight. So there are habits that make all of those other ones, like eating on your plan, not going for the ice cream, food prep, all of that, they make it so much easier to actually get yourself to do. So that's what we're gonna talk about. I really want you to think of these as a foundation, like a foundation of a house. They support all the other healthy habits you want to be doing. And without them, those other healthy habits will crumble. Okay, so if you've been trying to move more or eat healthier and you're finding it really hard, this could be a real game changer for you. So you may want to download and save this episode so that you can go back later in case you forget, <laughs> or if you just want a reminder, maybe you're in the car right now um, and you want to take notes. You can also find all of my transcripts for this podcast on my website at mindfulshape.com. Okay, the first daily habit is 
you might have guessed it already. <laughs> I like to call it the daily 15. I've, I know I've mentioned it on this podcast before, but I want to take a little bit of time today to talk about what I mean when I say the daily 15. So what is it? So essentially it's simply time that you spend doing your thought work on paper. And what I mean by that is You can spend 15 minutes a day, so that's why I call it the daily 15, but really I hear you if you're like, I do not have that 15 minutes, I only have five minutes. That's totally fine, right? And if you can't do it every day, also not a problem. The idea is that you spend time on a regular basis getting your thoughts down on paper, okay? So do what makes the most sense for you and your schedule and your needs, So some days (laughs) I'm like doing my daily 15, like three times a day, (laughs) right? Some days I don't do it to be honest, but most days I do it. So I call it the daily 15 because I like 15 minutes. Sometimes I do less, sometimes I do more. And the next thing you're probably wondering is, okay, so what is this thought work? Is it just journaling? What am I doing for 15 minutes? You can, if you want, just journal. That's still a form of thought work in a way. So putting your thoughts down on paper is helpful. But if you're like me, who started a journal in third grade, (laughs) you mostly just vent your frustrations and clear your head. And sometimes you feel better and sometimes you feel worse. (laughs) So what I'm suggesting is more deliberate. It's using the time to coach yourself toward your goal. So your brain is the most powerful asset you have to manage your weight. So far, you've likely not been directing it in a useful manner. So far, You've likely been relying on some old programming, like that you can never stick to anything, that it's really hard for you to lose weight, that maybe you just really like food. Like even that, it seems like it's an okay program, but oftentimes it undercuts what you're trying to do. Or one that a lot of people say is it's going to take too long, right? It's going to take a really long time. I'm never going to get there. So when you look at that type of thinking and you know it's running the show, It's no wonder you aren't making the progress you want. We have to consciously change what we are thinking if we want something different. That's why this habit of the daily 15, daily thought work is the foundation. It's how we start changing that old programming so that instead of being someone who thinks, well, why bother? I don't ever stick to a plan anyways. I might as well eat all the cheesecake now and start again on Monday. (laughs) We become someone who thinks, of course, I want the cheesecake because cheesecake tastes good. But what would it be like if I didn't have it? Could I handle that? What if I decided that if I still wanted it the next day, like if I want cheesecake tomorrow, then I'll have it. But I can accept the deprivation in this moment because there's more to life than cheesecake for me. (laughs) So it means more to me to learn how to overcome the urge and be that kind of person than how good the cheesecake tastes in the moment. Because again, this isn't to like crucify cheesecake. This is about using your urge for it as a path forward toward who you want to become. Someone who will have it when they really want it and are in charge of their decision, like having it the next day, and not simply because they had an urge. Okay. So, when it comes to doing thought work for weight loss, I'm going to give you a few suggestions to work with. Now, you can get out a pen and paper right now if you can, but I know a lot of you listen to this while you're driving um, and you can't 
write notes. So I've created a PDF and it's on my website and it has all of this laid out for you. So you can get that for free. Just go to my website at mindfulshape.com slash resources to get that PDF. Okay. So first you remember your goal and you write it down. Often we either have too many goals and we forget about them, or we have some vague notion of what our goal is, like some vague notion of eating healthier or losing weight. I want you to be specific and own that goal. So if it's 150 pounds, great. If it's size two, great. It's whatever lights you up. So there are no rules about what you want. You can just want what you want simply because you want it. (laughs) Okay. You can get clear on your specific reasons if you want to, but I like to emphasize that it doesn't mean you're not a feminist. It doesn't mean you don't love your body or that you're going against the body positivity movement. Okay. So if you are listening to this and you have some hangups about the fact that maybe you shouldn't even want to change your shape, then I'm just helping your brain have that permission of being like, no, you can just want it because you want it. And that is enough. Okay. So let's move on. Maybe you have a number and it only makes you feel bad. So you have this goal number, but whenever you think of it, you kind of just feel worse. (laughs) That's because you don't believe you can actually reach it. Or there's like this huge amount of doubt and you might think that it's going to be terrible getting there. So that's fine. That's an old brain pattern and neither are true. So whatever that number is, just allow yourself, literally give yourself permission to get a little excited about it. Like, yes, it is possible, even if you don't know how yet. So yes, this used to drive me crazy when my coach told me I didn't need to know how yet. Whenever I set a goal, whenever I wanted to do something and I would say, I don't know how. And by crazy, I just mean frustrated. It's like, but if I don't know how, then it's not going to happen. (laughs) So if that's you, I totally empathize. And here's what I want to offer. When you can get clear on what's going on in your brain and create some brain space enough to generate the feeling of possibility, the next step not the complete how, but the right next step will present itself. You'll have an idea or someone will mention something and you'll be thinking, yeah, that's something I can do. That speaks to me. And you move toward this thing because you believe it's possible versus, well, I don't know how, so I'm not even going to try. So I might as well just watch TV, right? You're changing your whole concept of what you think is possible just by allowing yourself to feel a little bit excited about it, (laughs) okay? So if you've been in the pattern of like trying to get excited about your goal and not having it, really question why, because then you're going to be starting any plan with this really like heavy feeling of doubt and that like all the things that you've done in the past are predictive of what you're capable of in the future. Okay. So that's the next thing we want to focus on. The next thing is to think from your future, not your past. So often we look to our past for what we did or what didn't work. And sometimes that's diets we tried 10 years ago in which we lost some weight, or it's that we didn't stick to our plan yesterday. And we make all of that mean something about we're capable of in the future. So we think, here I go again, this is when I always get stuck and quit. And that's one way to go. 
right? You've probably had that before. That's what our brains seem to be really good at, looking to the past for evidence. But the point of thinking from your future is to interrupt that pattern because that way of thinking is creating the result that you have now. Okay. So instead of looking to your past and at all those failed diets or diets that you did successfully for a little while, even sometimes I know some of you were on uh, some plan for like a year and you dropped a bunch of weight, but then you didn't maintain it. Okay. So your brain will say, well, that was a success because I lost a bunch of weight and I really want to challenge you on that and say that it was not a success. Otherwise you would be able to easily continue eating that way and you would have maintained your weight. Okay. So why don't we instead use our imaginations, think a little harder and imagine a version of ourselves that has already achieved what we want. So this version of you is at your goal number and you're not spending all of your time and energy thinking about food either. So what are you thinking about? What are your priorities? Write that down. And most importantly, how do you think about yourself? When you are at your goal weight, how do you think about yourself? What do you do when you don't feel like sticking to your plan, right? When temptation comes up, what do you say to yourself when you go off your plan and you really overdo it on the cheese, right? What is your future self saying to her in that situation? Then I want you to write down the answers to those using your current self, and notice the gap. So same questions. And again, you can get these in the PDF on my website in the resources section, write down all the answers given what you do now, what your thoughts are now. And then I want you to see the difference, that gap between what your future self is doing and thinking and your current self, what your current self is thinking and doing that gap is your work. So how your future self is treating herself and thinking about things is how you'll release the weight. So it kind of goes back to my first point, which is when your brain says, I don't know how, here's a how, here's something that you can do that's tangible. So now it's a matter of practicing thinking as if you're already there and you practice by doing your daily 15 and writing out what you're currently thinking, remembering it's optional and deciding to think differently on a regular basis. So eventually your body will catch up to what's happening in your brain. The body is very smart. It knows how to release excess weight. You don't have to focus on that. You have to focus on managing your thoughts and feelings and being patient with your body. Here's a super thought. Okay. Maybe your future self thinks it's easy to fuel her body. Maybe your future self thinks I don't have any food issues, right? And it doesn't matter if I've thought of myself as somebody with food issues, right? She respects her body. How can that be true? How could that also be true now? See, our brains will go to work at whatever we ask of them. So if we ask, why is it so hard for me to lose weight? Your brain will go to work on that. When we ask, how could this be really simple and easy? Or how could it be okay that it feels hard sometimes? You've just upgraded your thinking exponentially. Okay. All right. So let's continue on. Next, I want to focus on focus. (laughs) That was a terrible sentence. I want to talk about focus. So I'm going to share two ways in which we can shift our focus to help us reach our weight loss goals. The first is your relationship with your reflection. So what is your habit when you see yourself in the mirror? 
What lens are you viewing yourself with? Have you ever stopped to wonder about it? To consider that this is up to you. I know I never did. So a few years ago, I did a dance class for fun, totally amateur dancer. (laughs) And if you've ever been to a dance studio, you know, you face head to ceiling mirrors. There is literally nowhere to hide. You're just staring at yourself the entire time. Some yoga studios are also like this. And I mean, I can understand it with the dance studios because I guess you need to see kind of the choreography and what you're doing. And it's fun to see yourself doing this and maybe even necessary. Like, I don't know. I'm definitely an amateur dancer. (laughs) So maybe the dancers out there were like, no, well, this is why. Anyways, for me, I wanted to do those dance classes for years, but get putting it off because I felt really uncomfortable in my body. And I was just waiting until I felt more comfortable because I knew those mirrors were there waiting for me. And finally, I got to the point where I thought, you know, sure, I'm not quite there yet, but I'm close enough to be able to handle the mental drama. And I'll be honest with you, like some days it was no problem. And I thought, you know what? I look pretty good, pretty fit. (laughs) And others, it really was a challenge. It was really confronting And I wanted some days just to stop going. I really questioned what I was doing there, especially because I don't think I'm a natural at choreography. (laughs) It was pretty hard. Okay, so why? Why were there some days that were really hard and some days that were really easy? Nothing was that different in the mirror week to week, but it was always what I was thinking about myself. You may be in a relationship in which your partner tells you that you look great that you don't need to lose any weight, even if you're carrying 50 plus pounds on your frame extra. Your partner is seeing you with a loving lens in which they can easily see more than the excess weight. They may not even notice it or think it's a big deal. They may even like some of the curves that you have and find it very feminine, right? But it doesn't really matter though, because it's what you see when you look in the mirror. Your partner can tell you a million times that your body is amazing, but it won't make much difference if your brain doesn't even think your body is acceptable, let alone amazing. So my point is that it's the same body just seen through a different lens. Okay, so I'm a weight loss coach, and so obviously I stand for your goal to lose weight, and I stand for you learning to not hate your body along the way. For you, that might be easy. You may already accept your body and still want to release the excess weight. But maybe for you, the idea of not hating your body as it is right now feels entirely out of reach. So wherever you are on this continuum, I want to reassure you that I'm not about to shame you for not loving your body right now. As women, we've been shamed enough when it comes to our body. So instead of telling you you're doing it wrong, if you don't love your love handles, (laughs) I'm going to lay out some options for you. Why that line of thinking is not helping you to release the weight. And then you can decide if you want to go to work on this or not on this mirror work, right? On what you tell yourself when you see your reflection. Okay. So first we need to look at our patterns. What usually happens when you look in the mirror? So if you imagine yourself at that dance class, looking at the mirror, what's going on in your head? If you are focusing on what you don't like, every time you look in the mirror, your brain will learn to seek that out. That goes back to the RAS, the reticular activating system, which is like an information filter for our brain that we can train to either dismiss things as not important 
like the interesting color of our eyes or our nice eyebrows or our beautiful shoulders or something like that. Or we can train it to notice things like our protruding belly or our short legs or whatever it is. And if you're thinking, well, how can I not notice my belly? Like it's sticking out. I can't not notice it. I want you to consider that you've trained your brain to notice it. Maybe since you were a teenager and when you became hyper aware of your body. And secondly, when you notice it, you're also in a pattern of thinking about it, right? I suspect it's thinking it's not attractive. It shouldn't be like that. It's not positive thinking that we're dealing with here, right? So there's the noticing and then there's all of the dialogue that comes with it. And I just want to offer that that's a pattern that is totally changeable. It doesn't happen overnight, but it is changeable. I'll tell you another story. So there was a time when I was walking down the street with a girlfriend who legit used to do modeling. (laughs) So I'm sure you can visualize what she might look like. Okay. And we came to a crosswalk and on the other side of the crosswalk, there was a building that had a floor to ceiling reflective surface, like one of those windows that's a mirror on the outside. And it was very jarring for me. I was maybe, I don't know, like maybe 40 pounds heavier than I am now, I guess, maybe a bit more, but I'll tell you, it took only a glance at that mirror to make me feel like that ballooned up kid on Willy Wonka. Like, I think no matter what your body looks like, you've probably had some version of this, right? Some moment where you saw yourself and you're like, oh my God, who is that person? That is not me. And for most of us, when we would get caught up in this negative spiral about our bodies, we feel terrible. And what do we do when we feel terrible? Typically, we overconsume to bypass those emotions. So maybe you quit your healthy eating plan and you overeat. Maybe you over shop or you over Netflix. I don't think that's an official term yet, but it should be. Maybe you vow to start a new diet and then binge beforehand because you promise yourself this is the last time you're ever going to do it and you're never going to have sugar again and all of those things, right? You better get all the joy in, all the pleasure in now and enjoy it because this is the last time. The problem is that becomes a cycle and then we spin and spin in that cycle for years. So if you can relate to that, I really want you to consider a new way forward. I want you to begin ever so gently changing your focus when you look at your reflection in the mirror every day. You don't need to avoid mirrors. When we avoid mirrors, we're avoiding the inner work too. Nothing changes. So for you, maybe it's simply looking at yourself in the mirror and noticing what comes up. No matter what it is, see if you can reach for a higher thought. So it's okay if your brain is telling you a lot of mean things and that you're noticing a lot of what you want to be different. For now, just let that be there. Don't resist it. And then look for what you feel neutral about. Maybe that's your shoulders or your ankles. Like it doesn't have to be... I look so amazing, right? We're just training our brain to find things that are neutral. So I know it seems a bit silly, but we're rewiring your brain here. And then once you've trained your brain to look in the mirror and easily find things you feel neutral about, see if you can find things that you like. So maybe you like your hair, your eyes, your waist, the curve of your hip. Eventually, 
you can get to a place where you always spot something you like and it feels easy, right? You feel neutral about what you would like to change. It's not this negative charge. So you might notice things, but you just feel a little bit more neutral about it because you're also noticing all of the good things, the things that you like. You may even get to the place where you think you look smoking hot (laughs) even before you've reached your goal weight, right? So imagine if that's your reality. You have literally trained your brain to have a completely different experience with a mirror. The upside is that you have a neutral or positive experience every time you see your reflection, whether that's in your bathroom mirror, the mirrors in the fitting room, or the reflective windows on the street. So seeing yourself doesn't cause you to spin into a self-sabotage spiral. You simply stay the course on eating responsibly. And here's the best part, because once you have learned this skill with the mirror and you've learned how to do this, you get to apply it to anything else you want. So you can apply it to aging as well. Is it easy? Does it mean you'll never want Botox? No. (laughs) P.S. Those things are not mutually exclusive. I am all for Botox and will likely get it myself later this year, (laughs) but it's not coming from a place of hating yourself, right? Or not being good enough, right? Because you've done the inner work of accepting yourself exactly where you are, feeling at the very least neutral about it, right? And then from that place, you decide to make changes. A concept you may be hearing more and more because I'm noticing it too, is the idea of not either or, but both. And I really like this way of thinking, this framework. So in this context, it's not either disliking what you see and wanting it to be different or liking what you see and dropping your desire for it to be different. It can be both liking and wanting it to be different. So How can this be true? (laughs) Maybe your brain is doing some gymnastics in there. Essentially, you can like your body for so, so many reasons. Like it gave birth, like my sister, right? She recently gave birth. She probably, I haven't asked her yet, but she probably has a new relationship with her body because she knows what it's capable of. Or maybe it's simply that it gets you from place to place or it beats your heart and keeps you alive without you having to even think about that. It allows you to hug your partner and your children. It allows you to hike in nature, swim in the ocean, and you're allowed to want it to have less excess fat at the same time. Okay, the second way in which we can shift our focus to help us reach our weight loss goals is by focusing on our wins. So I know I've talked about this before, but it's so powerful that if you've glossed over it before, now's your time to check yourself (laughs) and decide, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. When I post this episode, I'm also going to post an Instagram story of my son, Tristan, who's just coming up on a year um, as a visual for you to remember this point. Okay. So if you're listening within 24 hours of this episode going live, you can see it on my Instagram account. It's mindful underscore shape, and it's going to be in the stories on Instagram. So basically if you can't get to Instagram, or if you're listening to this in the future, in this video, he is pushing one of those little cart toys, right? He's pushing the little cart. Now, He's learning how to walk in this video. 
Right now, he's pretty good at it. He's like motoring around all the time. But when we filmed this, it was around Christmas time or just, I think in November, just before Christmas. So at this point, he was only taking a couple of steps max. And you'll see him pushing this little toy and he's so focused. And he keeps banging into things because he hasn't learned to steer. And his Nana keeps redirecting him so he can keep going. By the end, he's like thrilled with himself. (laughs) You know, he's like made it to the end of the kitchen. The obvious parallel here is that he doesn't give up, like that's the main one, right? But we can also use it as an example of focus. It's a very short video and I think he bumps into the counter four or five times, but when he gets back on track, he's only focused on moving forward, right? When he gets to the end, he's not focused on the fact that he hit the counter four or five times. He's focused on the fact that he pushed his little cart around and he's super happy, right? This happens with my clients a lot too, in which they will stay on their protocol for 13 days and then they'll go off their protocol one day and their brain tells them they're doing terrible and they might as well quit. (laughs) Actually, most of my clients don't say that they're going to quit, but they just tell themselves, you know, I went off protocol. I'm not doing well. They are so focused on that one day and they ignore the other 13 days when they rocked it. Another way this shows up is when we focus on not how far we've come, but on how far we have still to go. So I'll have a client who's lost 10 or even 15 pounds and I'll be celebrating with her and she'll say, yeah, sure, that's great, but I still have so far to go as if losing 10 or 15 pounds doesn't even matter. (laughs) So it's not helpful to discount our success. Why? Because when we don't acknowledge and really sit with our success, we don't change our self-concept as someone who struggles with their weight and food. We don't start to see ourselves as someone who is actually finally succeeding at weight loss. Maybe even someone who's really good at it. Maybe someone who is able to follow a protocol really easily, right? That is the reality of the last two weeks for some of these clients, but they are not letting themselves change their self-concept. And think of how you show up when you think you're succeeding at something. You feel great, right? You feel motivated to keep going. A big part of my work with clients is pointing this out to them when their brain is on that old program of failure. No, we have to focus on where we are succeeding And you know you're going to have days where succeeding means just getting dressed in the morning, right? Getting to your desk, and maybe that's about it. (laughs) Sometimes succeeding can even look like simply bringing in some awareness to your overeating that day, right? So you overate, you went off protocol, but where are the wins? Maybe the wins are learning, oh, wow, I have this pattern that when this happens, I really overeat. How is that helpful? Some days it's just simply the awareness that is the success. And this isn't about letting yourself off the hook. It's about really giving yourself some credit for what you're doing so that you can start feeling better about yourself. And from there, you're way more likely to treat yourself better and to respect your body by eating in a way that serves you and your natural weight. All right, we've reached the last habit And it's learning to manage your thoughts when you weigh yourself. Now, I think I might do an entire podcast on this. (laughs) Send me a little Instagram message if that's what you want, because there is so much to cover on the scale. But essentially, here's why it's important. 
First, we know that what we measure improves. The research, all the scientific research supports this. So if you get into the habit of weighing yourself every day, your weight is more likely to improve than not. But notice, I'm not saying the habit is weighing yourself every day. The habit, the foundational habit, is managing your thoughts. And here's why. If you don't manage your thoughts, you're likely to have a really negative experience and will likely end up avoiding it altogether, or worse, using it to beat yourself up. So I like to think of a unmanaged mind like my son with a lotion bottle. So right now he has a bit of like dry skin on his back. And so I'm always putting this um, lotion on, this baby lotion on. And for some reason, it's like really exciting for him. And he will try to grab onto the bottle. And there's one time where he did, and he just squeezed it so hard and like the lotion went everywhere. And of course it was like on his hands and then his hand went to my clothing and it was just like lotion everywhere. So (laughs) that's a visual, another Tristan visual for you to imagine that's like your brain that's unmanaged. It's like a toddler with a bottle of lotion with a cap off. Okay, so if you're avoiding the scale regularly, or if you suspect it's going to go up that morning that you are weighing yourself because of what you ate the day before, you are giving your power away to that scale. So why does this matter? Because when you practice getting on the scale, seeing the number stay the same, or even go up without going into mind drama about it, you are free mentally. And isn't that what this all is about? Like, that's what really matters. Because honestly, if your weight goes up a few pounds overnight because you had Chinese food, it's not fat increase. It's just water retention. It's just weight increase. What do we really care about? It's not how much water your body currently has in it, (laughs) right? So when we weigh ourselves regularly, we get really used to seeing these normal fluctuations. My clients can fluctuate up to five pounds in a week goes up and down. Some it's a lot less. It really depends on you. So here's what you can do. First, before you get on the scale, decide in advance that no matter what, no matter what it says, you're going to stick to your protocol that day. Next, notice your thoughts and feelings that come up when you see that number. Are you making it mean something like that what you're doing isn't working, that you'll never get there, that you have way too far to go? What good is that? It's not helpful. If you can, this is a good time to do your daily 15 and write out your thoughts and feelings to see what's really going on because whatever is going on in there is driving all of your behavior and creating the result that you have right now. So you want to know and then you want to be really intentional about what you're thinking about that number. If the scale goes up or it stays the same, here are some self-coaching questions you can ask just to help you out. So have I followed my protocol 100% for the last two weeks? If yes, then what is one thing I could try changing this week to see if it affects the weight? Okay. If the answer is no, you didn't follow it 100%, then you know what to do. You simply follow your protocol for two weeks straight. Next question. Could this be water retention? Okay. Did you have anything that was super salty? Did you eat more carbs than usual? That will hold on to water, especially um, your time of the month. That can also affect things, right? Next question is, did I get enough sleep? So I have some clients who they just know their bodies, if they're sleep deprived, their weight will go up. Okay. Something's good to know. 
if I, next question is if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that I was on my way to my goal, would this even matter? Right? If I knew I was going to get there, would this make that much of a difference that it went, went up a couple pounds or something? No, of course not, because you know you're going to get there. So who cares? And then the last question is, what am I committed to no matter how long it takes? Right? What are you truly committed to? Even if it takes longer than you want. Hint, it almost always takes longer than you want. <laughs> okay. And then I have one more bonus, which is a really, really powerful self-coaching question, which is what's the highest possible way of thinking about this? Okay. I think that is the most powerful question you can ask yourself about anything. If you want to up-level your life this year, apply that a question to everything you're dealing with and see what your brain can create for you. So powerful. Okay, that's what I have for you today. If you would like that PDF that goes along with this episode and has all of those questions that I mentioned so that you can do the self-coaching exercises during your daily 15, and you can also get access to all of my free resources, you will find them at mindfulshape.com resources. And if you have questions or you want to see that clip of my little guy in all his glory, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at mindfulshape, sorry, mindful underscore shape. Okay. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.